I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the Power 365 show. Today's guest is a, you know, a Microsoft employee working in Canada. I've known him for a few years now and I'm so proud to be part of his journey and, and I love the way he tells it. And yeah, you read the title of this episode right, but you'll have to listen to see what I mean. With that, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from Ottawa, Canada. He's a technical specialist at Microsoft. He's passionate about finding technology solutions that really streamline and automate business processes while delivering a great user experience. He's lead at the Ottawa chapter of the Dynamics 365 user group. You can follow him on Twitter at Todd J. Mercer or check out his website, toddjmercer.com. Todd, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Good to have you on. We've had a lot of conversations over the past couple of years and I've watched you transition your career, you know, from customer side into, into Microsoft and it'll be good to unpack that in a moment. But before we get there, um, there'll be folks wondering where you're from, who's your family, uh, what food do you enjoy and what do you do for fun? So uh, I'll, I'll let you open with those. Sure. Uh, so right now I'm, I'm living in Ottawa, Canada. I've been here pushing on there 20 years with a, with a brief break of uh, living in Montreal for a few years. I uh, originally grew up in a very small town in Newfoundland. That was my, my, my heritage and home and heart is uh, really in Newfoundland. Sadly, well, I, think I got uh, two small daughters, eight and five. So they uh, occupy 99% of my time when I'm not working. Um, so that's always a lot of fun. So my, my, a lot of my fun right now is driven around, I would say, um, tea parties and doll houses and <laughs> activities with the girls just to, uh, to keep them entertained. And when I do get some time myself, it's either, um, reading, I enjoy kind of reading quite a bit. And, uh, I've recently started to play curling again. So I've been, uh, mm, getting wow. up Saturday nights and throwing a few rocks around. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all on ice, right? That's all on ice. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a fantastic sport where you yell at your teammates consistently, um, and you hurl forty pound rocks of granite up and down wow. the ice. Wow, wow! Tell us about gardening though, because you have uh, I know you're a bit of a gardener. Yeah, I, I I inherited the green thumb from my my father and my grandfather. Uh, they always had gardens growing up, and there was always something to do in the garden or the greenhouse. So. Um, when the kids got old enough, I just started doing the same thing with them, just to introduce them to the idea that they can grow something and nice. see it grow and then, then uh, harvest it. So, yeah, I spent this year, we had strawberries, tomatoes, uh, carrots and sweet peas, garlic mm. um, and blueberries was, was the other challenge this year, nice. Nice. which was um, takes a while because we got a lot of uh, rabbits running our backyard this spring. So we... Um, we actually had a pair of rabbits decided that our backyard was going to be home for their their young ones. So, so we had uh, at one point we had about nine rabbits kind of wow. 
nesting in the backyard. And they were all just really tiny bunnies. And so the kids loved it mm-hmm. because they would go out in the backyard and see all these little bunnies running around. Um, but then they discovered the blueberry and strawberry plants. Mm-hmm. And that was mm-hmm. kind of the end of that season. Yeah. Um, they uh, they had a quite the buffet. And then that was the end of blueberry season. Wow. wow. <laughs> so, so interesting you say that is that um, the stats show that if, if you can see nine rabbits, it's a one to five ratio. There's five that you're not seeing for every rabbit you see um, that are coming out at night and things like that. And like I got a rabbit problem myself. In fact, yep. I've just this week ordered 310 meters of rabbit fence to be installed right around my property <laughs> because yep. the, you know I, I'm I've just planted blueberries. I've just got uh, black currants and red currants, gooseberries. Mm-hmm. And um, and I've also done a lot of native planting, and they're just shaving everything off down to ground level. It's just so frustrating. Yep, I, I've had it uh, a few times. I think in the spring of the year, I think I went back to the nursery about at least three or four times to buy new blueberry plants yeah. to plant because I come out in the morning and it's just, you know, it's about a one-inch stub that left growing. Yeah. Well, we've been a couple of weeks into getting strawberries at the moment, and then today went out, and the first time the strawberries are just uh, are definitely been attacked by birds. Um, you know, you can see this distinctive; they eat them quite differently than other animals, and so yeah, it'll be off to the hardware store to get some uh, bird netting. Yep, now yeah, yeah. over them to keep them safe. We had it in our garden all, all summer too. Yeah, painful, painful, but it is nice being able to go out to the garden each morning and get fresh fruit produce vegetables and eat them that day you know only harvest what you need it's so nice yeah it's 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 fantastic i said the big thing for us was just to get the kids to have that experience so my my oldest one actually in the spring of the year she took seeds from a a tomato that we were yeah yeah and she wanted to plant them so we went and got dirt spring of the year we planted them Mm-hmm. She got them to grow, so in the wow. pot, and then we got them yep. into the planter box outside. Yeah. So by midsummer, her plant was in full bloom with all the flowers, and she got to pick her tomatoes from her plant that she grew that, from the seed. Isn't that a great experience? Oh, it's, I think it's that, yeah. really good. And I, I find the irony is with with the plants in the garden, the kids uh, are more inclined to eat something they can see and pick than if I yep. brought it in from the grocery store. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Tell us about your your journey into to ultimately, you know, working with the Power Platform now. How did you get into technology? How did you, uh, you know, steer your career ultimately to be part of the Microsoft business applications ecosystem? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I was always, from a young age, I was always about the technology. I, I kind of got hooked on it pretty early. Mm-hmm. Um, in the early days. And I knew that was going to be where I was going to go. I just didn't know what it was going to be. Um, so I, I had been a developer for a number of years um, with this company here in Ottawa in, in the financial services industry. Mm-hmm. And one year was decided that we needed the new CRM system. And uh, they they landed and went through an RFP process, landed on Dynamics, and this was uh, back in 2011. Mm-hmm. So... Dynamics was the winner, and my boss at the time came over. And back in the time when you can put software on a CD, I kind of dropped the CDs off on my desk and says, "Yep, get it installed and learn it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. was my introduction to Dynamics. So 
then it was, you know, pop the CD and you're looking at the administration guide and a few other documents yeah. that come included. And, uh, that so was, you had to build your SQL server up first and your exchange server yeah. mail and all those kind of things, right? Yep. So then it was all all this on-prem installation and getting it deployed mm-hmm. and getting it getting engaged. So that was um we ended up working with a partner at the time and that was really the start of kind of really getting thrown into the deep end. Mm-hmm. Um but during that time I ended up I discovered um MVPs. Mm-hmm. That was the time when we were searching for answers you know, pretty frantically trying to get up to speed. And I, I didn't really understand or knew what an MVP in the Microsoft community was at the time. Mm. Um, and then there was there was a book that came out that got written by the MVPs. I think it was, um, oh, no, the name just escaped me. The field, the, the field Guide? It was The Field Guide. I think it was the original yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, Around so, 2012 it came out. Right. So mm. I, I, I remember uh, owning that. And reading that kind of cover to cover to going through it because I was like, this is finally something that was making a little bit more sense than the administrative guide and the PDF. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it got a little more discovered into kind of what MVPs were, then tracked down all the blogs and started following them and getting more engaged. And then then I got introduced to convergence. So I made the made the request to go, made my pitch. I'm like, I think this would be really valuable. And I think from then on, I've been hooked. I think getting yeah. there and seeing the community at like really vibrant. And at the time that was in New Orleans, uh, the first nice. convergence I went to, which was yeah, yeah. not too bad for the first time traveling in uh-huh. a while and getting to go to a conference. But then it was like, I, I remember I met, I think it was Donna Edwards at, at uh-huh. the time. And uh, I had followed a lot of what she was working on because she would spend a lot of time talking about the Outlook client and things of that nature. And, Mm-hmm. We were heavily deployed on that look line. I remember reading Don. I was thinking, like, it's like meeting an all star. I was like, I was so like starstruck, right? And then you start mm-hmm. meeting other MVPs, and you realize that they're they're just like me. They're just really engaged with the technology, and they really want to kind of see how things work and really open and answering questions. So that was, I was hooked from then at that point. And then I, I ended up meeting. I think that was the same year I met Tony Stein at the time, was mm-hmm. kind of running CRMG. That's right. Um, joined that and then got, started getting really engaged on, on the forums. So that mm-hmm. that really kicked off my my whole Dynamics career and then getting engaged on the community. From there, it was, yeah. So so from then on, you know, I, I just kept getting more and more engaged with the community and helping out, doing presentations. And then mm-hmm. I kind of come up with a goal to myself there somewhere 2016, I guess, time frame. I was like, I'm like, I really want to go present because I had attended a CRM user group conference. So mm-hmm. convergence was kind of over. There's no real replacement. So the next year for conferences, That's I'm right. like, I, w- I was going to go to user group and I went to user group. I was like, I'm like, I want to present. I'm like, I want to contribute mm-hmm. something back to the community. So um, at the time, Kai Kaiser was actually on posted put a post on the forums and asking for somebody to help out to do a webinar on on solutions. And I was like, I'm like, I know nice. solutions pretty well, so I put my hand up and then you know I connected with Kai. I had never met her before. Uh, we mm-hmm. just connected through the forums and then we we connected up and uh, we built this little little presentation on solutions to present to the UG originally nice. as a webinar. And then we were like, well, let's just we'll throw it in the possibility for summit yeah, and got selected. And then we, we presented and then not doing that first presentation. And I was like, 
this is awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there was some excitement of kind of presenting and, and sharing what you know, but also helping other people kind of get through their hurdles. And it was one thing I learned after a couple of years of doing doing presentations at the user group and different you know sessions here in Ottawa and at Summit is that you discover that your story actually has value to other people. Mm-hmm. You've likely solved problems that other people are running into. So sharing that with other people just become a way to kind of connect people. And then people really wanted to know how you solved that one particular thing that might have seemed trivial at the time, but was a big item for someone else to kind of connect with. Yeah, yeah. Um, so from there, you know, I kept growing with the community. We, we did um, a ton of study group sessions. Mm-hmm. around certifications over the years and then I then I saw a post from this guy I knew named Mark Smith who was offering up this 90-day mentoring challenge mm-hmm. um and and I was sitting there thinking and I remember saying to my wife I was like I'm like I'm gonna go do this because I was approaching a spot in my career I wasn't really sure what it was but I, I was approaching a point where I knew I wanted to change, yeah. but I, had, I didn't really know what it was um, or what to do next. Um, at that point in time, I'd been with the company I've been with almost 15 years. Mm-hmm. So I had kind of, you know, been, that's all I knew for a while. In my head was kind of the financial services, but I knew Dynamics really well. I was really engaged in the community and doing all these presentations. And uh, I was like, I'm, I remember saying to my wife, I'm like, I'm going to do this because I don't know what's next. And Mark really knows the stuff. And I'm like, if I get a chance to be mentored by somebody, you know, like Mark, then I'm like, maybe I'll come out with a better idea. Hmm. So that that's actually kind of how my journey to Microsoft kind of got started because I wasn't really aware of what the roles were. And I remember in the mm-hmm. days of the conversation in, in the mentoring, you talked about a lot of the the different roles and the different subsidiaries of Microsoft and kind of getting to know who's local to you, right? And, and getting to know who's in those roles and making those connections. So that's yeah. um, that's really where my, my journey actually in Microsoft ended up starting was kind of there at that, at that point in time. And I didn't really know it then. It was just kind of like, oh, these are interesting roles. Yeah. And I think anybody who's been in the business applications space for a while, um, you know, I think we all have the idea of like working for Microsoft at some point. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of say going to the mothership and joining exactly. up and right. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, for a while I didn't really have it on my realm of possibility. It was just, I'm like, yeah, Microsoft would be really cool, but there's no roles in Ottawa that I could do. Yeah. Um, so fast forward a little bit. And then I, I remember talking to Rick McCutcheon um, at mm-hmm. user group summit one year and we were talking, this was shortly after and, and we'd done the mentoring sessions and mm-hmm. Rick and I were talking one day and he was kind of, he kind of nudged me along. He's like, so when are you going to leave and, you know, go do something else? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I said, you know, when the right opportunity comes along, I'll, I will give it some consideration. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really searching. Um, but I said, you know, if, it, if something comes knocking on my door, I'll go look. Mm-hmm. Um, and so shortly after that year in user group summit, um, Rick pings me on LinkedIn, sends me a link. He's like, here you go. And it was, uh, 
a posting for the technical specialist role here in Ottawa. And, and mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Uh, the manager at the time was kind of had a little posting. If you know anybody who's looking, um, reach out. So I didn't think too much of it. I just read the posting and looked at it. And I was like, that seems interesting, technical specialist role. I mean, that's a big shift from what I was doing because I was in software mm-hmm. delivery for a long time. And I closed it. I didn't think much of it. I said, okay, that's cool. And then shortly afterwards, and probably a week or two later, I remember um, getting an email from the recruiter from Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Kind of kind of. then I was like a little starstruck. And they're like, hey, you know, we, we looked at your profile. We think you'd be a good fit. Mm-hmm. So my wife was like, you have to go. <laughs> and see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, I'm not sure. I mean, technical sales. I'm like, oh, it was, it was really playing with my head of you know that that shift in, in career mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went and we had had a conversations, and then um, we started the interview process. So I started th- through this interview process. Uh, met with the managers. I, I they're like, well, come in and give us a presentation. And I was like. Well, I can do that. I'm like, I've been doing presentations. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I built this presentation. I went in and did it. And, you know, I, all the time, I remember doing the interview process. I kept telling myself, I'm like, I'm just having a conversation with some folks at Microsoft. Yeah. Um, I'm not, you know, I, I was in a really good position at the time, really enjoying my role. I'm like, I'm not urgent to to move. I'm like, I'm just going to go have a conversation and help me maintain my my stress levels of, of acknowledging the simple fact that I'm interviewing for a role at Microsoft. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, the, the interview process went really well. And this is kind of where the interesting plot twist in my role to Microsoft <laughs> or my journey to Microsoft happens. Um, I was actually successful in my first interview and they made me an offer. And and then I turned them down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so I, I they made me the offer in it and I... I, I Took about three or four days to really, I'll say, do some soul searching and think about where was that something I wanted to do. And I was looking at um, where where I was at the time in the company I was working for. We were just about to um, migrate migrate from being on prem to the cloud, so we we're about to do mm-hmm. this major mm-hmm. migration. I had been nominated for an MVP at the time. I had mm-hmm. just started my blog. I was getting engaged in community. And I was like, I mean, all these things were in momentum and going really well. Yeah. And I'm like, am I going to change gears? And then I came to this conclusion. I'm like, stick with what I have. And, you know, I, I respectfully declined the first offer. Yeah. So <laughs> about a month or two goes by and then I suddenly have... Uh, I'll say buyer's remorse, but <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's, a, I, that's a good phrase. Yeah. The 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 sudden realization, like, um, holy crap, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is where the ninety day mentorship kind of comes back into play because I was like, well, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I decided that I'm like, I should have taken the role. Um, you know, the role may not open up between now and the next two to three years. It could be a while. So so how do I keep my foot in the door? So it kind of comes back to some of that mentorship I remember going through about um, making those connections, staying connected with them, being persistent. So I connected with all the sales reps um, who I'd known there. Um, you know, and I, I was actually very transparent. I was like, 
I, I, I should have taken the role. It was a leap mm-hmm. I should have taken. I said, you know, mm-hmm. if it ever, if anything ever changes, um, would love to chat. And I, I stayed in touch with the sales reps. I stayed in touch with the hiring manager at the time. And anytime I was in Toronto, I would reach out and say, hey, we're in town for a conference. It'd be great to connect. Mm-hmm. Just to, I would say, stay relevant, but, you know, stay connected yeah. as things go. Um, and then as it would happen by Christmas and next year, um, Microsoft was expanding the number of technical specialist roles in Ottawa. So they had mm-hmm. another opening. But didn't you become an MVP at some point in all this? Yeah. So that's the... <laughs> 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 yeah. So everything kind of all happened at once. So so Christmas yeah. um, of... 2019, so just just before the pandemic started, they uh, mm-hmm. they reached out. They had a role. They thought of me, and um, we went through kind of went through the steps in the process and the interview process again. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, by by April, the paperwork was all done, and I was officially now part of Microsoft. Um, but yeah, and then so then by the nomination was kind of in flight, and <laughs> right at that same time, so shortly after I joined Microsoft, I got the email saying, "Congratulations, you're an MVP." <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so you you became an MVP, yep. theoretically, after joining Microsoft. Yep. Wow. Yep. How's that? How's that? Yeah, so I I, I, I kind of jokingly say I'm, I'm I'm the only negative count MVP because I'm kind of yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. even a valid MVP at the time I think by definition so I think I have yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to go into negative to uh, to qualify yeah. but it, it was a really interesting journey but um, you know eventually I, I I got the role and I, I'm loving it <laughs> yeah that's amazing what a what an amazing story of. Of you know taking control of your career and then setting that that um, you know you wanted to join Microsoft you turned it down the first time but it was still a you know an ambition and things lined up it happened you know it came about and now you're a TS in there so what's you know my observations and you know I've been in the Microsoft ecosystem for 25 years now probably more than that actually and what I've noticed is that the folks joining Microsoft in the last two to three years, they are just like, can't get over how awesome the culture is inside Microsoft. Um, you know, are you seeing that? What's 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 your perception of, of, of what it's like working for the Big Blue? It's it, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's, it's a combination of like culture. I mean, everybody I, I've worked with or collaborated with or... or amazing um mm. they're they're definitely everybody's out to make sure that to be helpful i mean you know i think we heard yeah. the phrase kind of the one microsoft but it, it it really is with the one microsoft we're all there to help each other and there's a lot of collaboration and support i, I mean the culture has been amazing and it's you know uh yeah it's just been awesome i, I would say it's everything that i thought it would be um mm-hmm. Or, or thought it could be that for, for that matter, but um, it's yeah. definitely been a fantastic culture. Definitely a lot of, a lot of supportive collaboration, and um, people really will honestly go out of the way to help, which has yeah. been really fantastic. You know, one of the things when we chatted early on there was your concern around, um, you know, going from being 
what we would say is customer side. So somebody that, you know, had the technology inside their organization, you weren't working for a partner mm-hmm. and you were, you were concerned about, and you know, um, uh, you were concerned about whether the skills that you had would apply in the context of then working inside Microsoft. Yep. In hindsight, now you've made that transition, you took that leap and you transitioned. Were your were your worries, fears, et cetera, founded or or you know, with, with all the great training Microsoft provides how how was that in hindsight how was that and i'm asking the question for folks that you know they will find themselves in similar situations and and go you know what is do i have the skills you know there's that whole fear of you know will i be found out am i not as good as what i think i am because i've been in this little ecosystem and this is going into a total different ecosystem will it translate my skills what what how did that work out for you um you know, it, it's, I would say a combination of two skill sets came together, I think, at the mm-hmm. right time. I think, um, you know, in, in, I would say in the earlier days, being more on that, that pro developers base, in, in my mind, it was more about what I could do technically. And mm-hmm. it was like, can I write the code? Can I, do I know how to build a plugin? Do I know how to do an integration? Um, I think my engagement with the community, you know, it was driven by passion to kind of share what I knew, but in, mm-hmm. in a sense, I was building a new skill set of telling a story and building that presentation and coming up with an idea to to kind of share how to share that information and to share that effectively with somebody who's going to listen in and hopefully mm-hmm. that they, they get that message. So, um, you know, in in some ways. Uh, yeah, no, I, th- I think in that, I think those two skill sets for me at the time both came together really well at the right time when I needed them, um, and I think my concerns and fears were, were I think valid at the time because it's switching from software delivery into a role that's kind of says pre-sales, and and you know I had some some trusted friends kind of you know I shared them the job posting. I said, "What do you think?" And they're mm-hmm. and they're all like, "It's not you." Um, <laughs> And, and they're like, oh, it's free sales. Are you sure you want to do sales? I'm like, I'm not sure that I want to do sales. But I think it's all about how you approach that role. And I think with the technical mm-hmm. specialist role, I, I'm there to help drive that art of the possible, to tell that story, to help customers understand the value of the power platform or dynamics in the first party apps. So that I get to I get to pull from both skill sets of being having the passion to want to present that story. And yeah. the technical experience of the platform can help them understand and feel a little more trusted that, well, I know what I'm talking about a little bit. It's not mm-hmm. just saying, you know, you can do this. I think I can I can back it up with, I have done this. And these are the best practices that I've been experiencing. And these are the things that I think you should think about and um, be really transparent with them and, and kind of build up that mm-hmm. trust, build up that trust with them to, um, to help them feel like it's not someone who's kind of trying to say, well, this is just go do this part and you're on your own. Um, you know, I, I like to spend time with them to build that trust and that connection so that they feel um, that they can come back to you with questions later on when they feel yeah. that they hit that hurdle. So I think that's, that's really important. So I think for anyone who's thinking about it, I think if, um, if you're curious, 
and you have the passion, then you can do the role. I think that that's your mm-hmm. driver. If you have the passion, drive it. If you're curious, if you if you want to learn and kind of have that growth mindset, then you definitely can do that role. I like it. I like it. Todd, as you know, we had a lot of other things that we were going to cover on this call, but uh, we're, we're coming up on time. And yeah. so I think we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna have to do a part two because I know that if I crack the lid on one of these other topics, we, we will consume another Could be. You know, half hour or so. So, so I'm gonna, uh, rather than, than run over, we'll, we, we'll put those aside. But boy, it's been so good talking to you. And, you know, I didn't expect you to, you know, we hadn't discussed the 90 Day Mentoring Challenge as being part of this podcast, but thanks so much for talking about it. Um, and it's been, yeah, an absolute pleasure to see your journey. As always, I was, you know, you were referred, you know, to come on the show by Beth uh, Beryl. Her, she, was she on the same 90 Day Challenge as you, the same? Because she's in Microsoft now, right, as I think, well. I think Beth did it the year after I did it, the second Gotcha, round. gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, she recommended you come on. And I always like to know, who do you recommend? Who else should I be talking to inside Microsoft? And uh, that, that you've come across, it's got a unique story that you think the community would benefit from. Yeah, you know, a colleague of mine, actually, um, Aziz Amarelli, um, fantastic guy. I've known for for quite a while, um, even mm-hmm. as a customer. Uh, mm-hmm. He was he was part of kind of the Microsoft team helping us as a customer. Um, and now I'm uh, very proud to call him a colleague. And he's going to mm-hmm. he's been with Microsoft for a long time. And, and you know, he's, he's a colleague of mine in the public sector. I think it'd be uh, really good to have on the show. Nice, nice. Can you uh, set up an intro? That would be awesome. And now, always, Absolutely. you know, quick, quick fire question time. Um, <laughs> I've listened to your show quite a bit, Mark. I'm, I'm getting a little nervous with <laughs> a quick fire. <laughs> okay, here you go. If you can have one fictional character as your friend, who would you choose and why? Oh, I'm going to go with Doctor Who um, because he has a TARDIS who oh, nice. can travel in time. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very good answer. Uh, now, this one you might have to go right back into the archives of your mind to uncover, but describe the worst date you ever had. <laughs> you don't have to say who the other party was. Oh, you dear. can just give the context of the situation if you wish. <laughs> oh, now I'm thinking. You know, I'm I'm probably kind of boring. I didn't really really date my date too much. I met my wife pretty early. We've been together almost twenty odd years. Wow. So, wow, I, that's I don't, awesome. Yeah, I, I'm 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 gonna have to pass and ask for the next question. <laughs> you've you, you you've been with your wife as long as my wife has been alive. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. Last question. In what way do you feel your childhood was happier than perhaps others? I take a risk answering asking a question like this because not everyone has happy childhoods. Yeah, I you know, <laughs> I I, uh, I give my mom a lot of grief for this, but you know, growing up in Newfoundland, we always joked that we'd always get like two months of good weather, and that is you know July and August, and then the rest of it is a fifty-fifty flip of it either mm-hmm. being foggy or rainy or snow and sleep. Mm-hmm. So during the summer months, my mom was adamant that it was like if the sun's out, you're outdoors, and mm-hmm wasn't didn't really care too much of what we were doing but you're not allowed to stay in the house so yeah. so you know watching tv or, or video games was not an option for me if the sun was out you're outdoors and that was the rule so and and my dad my dad had a uh, a, a fur trapping line so we mm-hmm. were in during the winter time you know we were 
heavily outdoors, ice fishing, and you know anything to do with. We had like so we we had a fur trapping line, so we were dealing with that. Ice fishing, camping, mm-hmm. summertime, same thing. Oh, camping, fishing outdoors, and you know where where I grew up is a very small town on on the east coast of Newfoundland. So we had a ten mile stretch of sandy beach. Wow. So you know my my childhood growing up was outdoors. Um, so I and there's a lot a lot of freedom to go and create and imagine ideas mm-hmm. or games. Or you know as you got older, it was enjoy the great outdoors from the camping and uh, outdoorsmanship mm-hmm. perspective. So. I love it. I love it. Todd, thanks so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. It's been great. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Business Application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 Guy. If there's a Microsoft guest you'd like to see on the show, please message me on LinkedIn. Let me know who it is and why you think they'd be great for the show. If you want to support the show, Go over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash nz365guy. I'd appreciate it. Anyhow, stay safe out there. Have a great rest of your week. And thanks for listening. Bye-bye.